0: we are continuing and concluding our summer series Blue Note Barbecue. This is Blue Note Barbecue Volume 4. started in May, we're concluding here in August, and it's basically just a chance to give you the ultimate, grooviest music to cook by. So, whether you are cooking a meal in the kitchen, or if you're smoking some fish or some brisket or you're grilling outside and you're listening to a great podcast because you're just like i just want some groove stuff look no further you found it and what we're doing is we're really spotlighting a couple of really great tracks from the blue note catalog and the truth is is it's endless. You could just go on and on and on forever and ever and ever throughout the entire catalog of Blue Note Records, and there's groovy music everywhere. And a lot of that is actually due to its founder. I'm not sure that we've talked a good bit or even mentioned that, um, but Alfred Lyon, the man who came over from Germany and started a jazz record label here in America. Is basically his one thing was it must swing. <laughs> so he would always go to uh, all the artists, whether it was Freddie Hubbard or Joe Henderson or you know Horace Silver or Blakey, Herbie Hancock, and he goes, it needs to be groovy. There must be swinging, you <laughs> know. So his one thing was, I don't, I don't care how experimental or you know all, what what things you want to do, that's fine. But there's got to be one track that just cooks. It's got a swing. It's got a groove. You know, give me one track that everybody can just get down to. And that essence is boiled down to why I felt compelled to kind of highlight the Blue Note catalog. It's one of my favorite record labels in all of recorded jazz history. And it, it truly is a wellspring that you could pick from anybody. I mean, think about all the great names that have recorded for Blue Note Records, from Miles Davis to Bud Powell to John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, Duke Ellington, Herbie Hancock, all the way up to John Schofield and Joe Lovano and and, and all those cats like that, not to mention the cats who are making fantastic music today on Blue Note Records, thanks to Don Woz. So, he's perpetuating that for the 21st century and, and doing a fantastic job. Not to mention the great reissues on vinyl of the Tone Poet series. So, there's a lot of great music to be heard on Blue Note Records. In fact, the track that you're listening to right now, behind the voiceover, that's a Blue Note Records track as well. So, that's kind of the premise of this whole series this summer, is to pay homage to Alfred Lyon's vision for Blue Note Records. The hardest part about this is actually just kind of deciding what tracks to use. So the first two episodes, Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Blue Note Barbecue, were focused more on under-the-radar, very groove-tastic, organ-funk-based grooves. And the last episode, Volume 3, which came out in July, was focused more on classic tracks. This is a little bit mix, this last episode, Volume 4, is a little bit of a mix of both. So, uh, we do certainly have some classic tracks, uh, but we do have some under-the-radar tracks as well. So, sit back, relax, or start cooking, whether you're inside or outside, and let us be your musical Sherpa. So, here comes the music for Blue Note Barbecue, Volume 4 on the Dr. Jazz podcast. Enjoy. So yeah pure funked out bliss from the great trumpeter eddie henderson from his 1975 album sunburst on blue note records and of course that features eddie henderson on trumpet flugelhorn and cornet on this album the great benny maupin on saxello tennis sax and bass clarinet julian priester on trombone and post horn and if those names together sound familiar you're not crazy because they were all part of the muandishi band with the great herbie hancock but herbie hancock is not on the keys on this album otherwise it'd be a herbie hancock muandishi album right so on the keys for this session is the one and only george Duke on electric piano, clavinet, and synthesizer. On the bass, the great Alfonso Johnson from Weather Report fame, uh, on electric bass. And then on the drums, the one and only Harvey Mason, uh, who was part of the Headhunters band, along with uh, Benny Maupin So, some incredible musicians on this session, no doubt. Uh, That track was called The Kumquat Kids. And um, this is part of the Blue Note Rare Groove series. Uh, I can't help from where I'm sitting chronologically speaking in 2023, I cannot help but hear that and think that that song in 1975 must have been in John Schofield's in the back of his brain. Because it sounds that that vamp that groove that da da data da. that sounds awful similar to the groove vamp that was used in hot and tot from john schofield's a go album featuring medesky martin and wood and that is one of my favorite songs hot and tot and granted that's not the only time that that groove has been used in recorded jazz you know um Billy Cobham had a track like that too, I believe it was Crosswinds, uh, but don't quote me on that. But it's about that era, and I, I yeah, and I think that you know it's not the only one. But and John Scofield did play with Billy Cobham, but still, that's a great groove. It's funked out bliss. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, before that, we had some classic jazz uh, from the one and only tenor sax giant Hank Mobley with Wynton Kelly on the piano, Mr. P.C. himself, Paul Chambers on the bass, and the one and only Boo Art Blakey, on the drums. It comes from Hank Mobley's 1960 album, Soul Station. This seems to be a a recent favorite for a lot of listeners like coming back to this album. And so it it forced me to kind of go back and, and, and recheck out this album. And it's only six tracks. Um... And two of them of uh, the six tracks are standards: uh, Irving Berlin's "Remember" and uh, Robin and Rangers' "If I Should Lose You," uh, which was remade. Uh, you know, uh, well, I'm sorry. This is a remake of the the, the standard "If I Should Lose You," which was uh, very popular with previously uh, with Charlie Parker and Strings with the of Strings album. But the track that we heard was "Dig This which is an original tune by the great Hank Mobley. It's like a little minor thing going on. And uh, it's, it's a simple quartet album, recorded February 7, 1960 at Rudy Van Gelder's Spot. And um, it it really is. Hank Mobley's kind of like... He's not as heavy as Train in his tenor tone. He's kinda, but he's not as light as like a Stan Getz or something, you know? <clears throat> so he's kind of got this like semi feather tone thing kind of going on, you know what I mean? Um but I do love that track, Dig This. Uh the one that usually gets the most attention is This I Dig of You followed by Soul Station. So I didn't really want to copy those two or, you know, revamp on the same uh, thing. And Dig This is another one of those great originals uh, that's on this album, so I wanted to feature that one. By the way, if you want even more, Hank Mobley, you really dig that metal track, then you, I believe, yeah, we've got a a spotlight series in in our catalog here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Feel free to go listen to a whole lot of Hank Mobley, you know, because Hank is one of the cats where it's at, no doubt, no doubt, and if you dug the bass playing on that, we have a special series on Mr. PC, Paul Chambers, so check both of those out. At the beginning of that set, we had one of my favorite set openers, the great Dexter Gordon, LTD, long, tall Dexter. And we heard Soy Khalifa, which is almost like, hey, we're about to have a good time. And then that little, that kind of, that groove comes in with that Latin beat and everything. And man, that is just the perfect way... To get a podcast rolling. And it's also the perfect way to get your cooking going. So hopefully you're making sure you look out so that your fish or your steak or your chicken or your portobello mushrooms or whatever you're cooking or your spaghetti in the kitchen, whatever it is, it's not burning. So, yep, hopefully that was a good reminder for any of y'all. But Dexter Gordon, man, that is one of the best tracks to get things rolling. And it comes off of his Blue Note album, A Swingin' Affair, recorded August 29, 1962 at Rudy's Spot, and it features, of course, Dexter Gordon on the tenor saxophone, Billy Higgins on the drums, a favorite of Lee Morgan's, by the way, Butch Warren on the bass, who also played on Herbie Hancock's Watermelon Man, and the one and only Sonny Clark on the piano got a bunch of great tracks on this album including an original Bob Butch Warren called The Backbone but Soy Khalifa is a great tune in the Blue Note catalog especially that is associated with the great Dexter Gordon so how can you go wrong when you start with Dex right absolutely so thank you so much for listening uh we are nothing without you And uh, remember, if you want to find out all this information, and if you like a track that you hear, you don't have to jot it down. You don't have to type in a little note on your apps, on your phone, or whatever. We've got you covered. All you got to do is check out our website, either through your smartphones, um, or if you're on your computer listening to this podcast, just go to the website. And the website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast. Wordpress.com. And there you can find out information on the artist, the track, in the order in which you heard them, plus the correct album artwork. That way you can go to your local record shop if you have one. Always support local if it's possible and go crate digging. Go look for these albums or these CDs. Because that way you get to read all the liner notes and all the thoughts and who was on the session, etc. That's what's so important to this music. So that way you know exactly what to check out. And if you don't have a local record shop, at least you know exactly what to order. So, uh, and if you click at the top of the page and you click contact, it will take you to a blank box which you can craft an email straight to me, Dr. Jazz, and I will write you back. Maybe not immediately, because, you know, life's busy, right? But I guarantee that I will write you back. So, uh, and we always love to hear from our listeners. So, also, don't forget you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, you know, Apple Podcasts, you know, um, Amazon Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean, all those things, Stitcher, we are there. So, if you know someone who would really dig this kind of music, then please pass it on to them. Because we're not making a dime here. We don't have any merchandise. We don't have anything like that. Uh, In the famous words of recent NEA jazz master Willard Jenkins, he said, Well, I guess you could say it's a jazz evangelical mission. And in a way it is, because we're not looking to make money off this. All we're looking to do is spread the wonderful vibes that jazz music has to give. So, if you know someone who would dig it, please pass on the word because the more happier people there are in the world, the the better the world is. Am I right? There you go. So, enough talking from me, enough PSA. You've got the info, you got the website. So, let's get back to another set of Blue Note barbecue, volume 4, here on the Dr. Jazz podcast. <laughs> I do Yeah, man, Woo, love that, that is one of my favorite tracks and it psychs me up every time, that is Un Poco Loco, written by the great bebop pianist Earl Bud Powell, and it features his trio of, of course, Bud Powell on the piano, but Curly Russell on the bass, And if that name does not sound familiar to you, he played on many of those Charlie Parker sessions. So we are talking about a very capable bebop bassist in Curly Russell. And Killing It on the drums and the cowbell. No Christopher Walken jokes, y'all. Killing It on the cowbell. The one, the only, Max Roach. Probably one of my favorite drummers. Um, I mean... I'll be hard-pressed, but probably be Max Roach, Art Taylor, Billy Joe Jones, Elvin Jones. Yeah. I'm actually a big fan of Cozy Cole, too. If y'all ain't hip with him, you should check him out. But anyway, so Bud Powell's trio, Bud Powell piano, Curly Russell bass, Max Roach drums, every part of this very odd groove. And by the way, this was recorded May 1st, 1951. So... I mean, keep that in mind in the chronology of things. Like, Charlie Parker's still alive at this point, y'all. So, um, it's, it just sounds like an engine. Like the grooviest engine on Earth. And it's like all these pistons are moving. It's like a train or like an engine with all the pistons just firing off all the cylinders all at once. And it's just an perfect groove and perfect rhythm. So, uh, and, and then you add in Bud Powell's imagination with some of the most unlikeliest notes in his piano solo, but yet some of the most perfect notes. It's not notes that I would gravitate to as an improviser, but yet they, they work perfectly. And that's a testament to the genius of Bud Powell. Um, yeah, so this comes from The Amazing Bud Powell, Volume 1, on Blue Note Records, there are three volumes. Uh, the first two are by far the most popular, uh, but there are three, and the third is just called Bud. Um, not to quote Rudy Huxtable, but Bud. And it is, if, if you're not hip to Bud Powell, um, then you, you, you're you in a world of hurt, first of all. But you need to just check out some Bud Powell, because you might be familiar uh, with more recent pianists, um, like Chick Corea and Chick Corea was heavily influenced by Bud Powell so much so that he even did a, a tribute album to Bud Powell uh, featuring like uh, Christian McBride and Kenny Garrett and uh, Joshua Redman I think was in that band uh, but yeah I mean and that's a fantastic album too but if let's say that you're hit with like Return to Forever and Chick Corea but you, you're not hit with Bud Powell then you gotta know where Chick's coming from man so, it's very important to check out Cats Like Bud Powell uh, because it's, it's, it's wonderful in its own light as well. So, the, it's kind of like a double reward. So, check out Bud Powell and hopefully you dug the hell out of that track. In the middle, the one and only Horace Silver and his quintet from his album Song for My Father. We heard the Horace Silver composition Que Pasa or What's Happening." Talk about people who influenced Chick Corea. I did not mean to do that, but there you go. Sometimes things are serendipitous, right? So another huge influence on Chick Corea was Horace Silver because he had that beautiful Latin funk thing going on, and it wasn't too busy, and it was just right in the pocket. Um, So yeah, but anyway, Horace Silver is a Blue Note stalwart. I mean, he is one of the pillars of the Blue Note catalog and this album um, was recorded uh, in between October 63 to October 64 and uh, this track particularly that we heard in the middle there, K-Pasa was recorded October 26, 1964 and featured Carmel Jones on the trumpet unsung player, I mean Talk about a player. Uh, Horace Silver on the piano. Teddy Smith on the bass. Roger Humphreys on the drums. And the one and only Joe Henderson on tennis saxophone. And that's actually what I wanted to point out and talk about real quick about this song. I love K-Pasa off of the Song for My Father album, which is a whole fantastic album by itself, by the way. But I love K-Pasa because... There are so many Joe Henderson-isms in his solo in that song, and it's one of my favorite Joe Henderson solos. In fact, two of my favorite Joe Henderson solos are on this album alone, between Song for My Father and K Pasa, but you hear two things that I, I really wanted to point out. And if you want to, you know, after you listen to this, go back and rewind and listen to the track again, that's perfectly fine. But the two Joe Henderson isms that I love in this particular solo is that he takes this note and it's kind of like a Tommy gun. He's like, and it's this one note and it's like this very jagged rhythm. Now, I don't know if that's derived from the great Sonny Rollins, who preceded him, but there are times that Sonny Rollins would do that and just improvise on one note and focus more on the rhythm, uh, usually in like calypso songs. But like So Sonny would do stuff like that. But this almost was like ding I'm going to make this very asymmetrical, jagged, angular kind of rhythm on one note and stick out intentionally. <laughs> and so that's pretty cool that he's morphing, maybe the idea, maybe he wasn't inspired by Sonny at all. But I think that most tenor players listen to each other. So if I were a betting man, uh, I would probably, be, probably bet that he was influenced by Sonny Rollins on that. Uh, but he did it in his own way. So he took that and he said, like, yeah, but what if we twisted it this way? Which is, to me, kind of what the essence of jazz is all about. Taking an idea and making it your own. Even if you're inspired by someone else. So that's really cool. The second Joe Henderson-ism that I love in this is he has this little... Um, figure that he loves to play in many of his solos and you hear it in this one and it's like <singing> and then so he does that little figure and he like lets it fall three times and someone who kind of picked that up was Kenny Garrett he loves to do that sort of thing too and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front I'm not gonna lie being a saxophonist I heard it first with Kenny Garrett and then when I started really digging into classic jazz, I heard that with, Hor- or with, with Joe Henderson with Horace Silver. And chronologically, I knew that Kenny must have gotten it from Joe Henderson. So that's the thing I love is, is learning the sources of things. So hopefully you dig it too. And you know what? Take that information and go listen to some more Joe Henderson. And see how many times you can spot that little figure. See how many times you can hear that. So, yeah, that's my my shtick for why I love and why I chose Pasa there. Not to mention it's a great cooking song, because that by that point the fire should be like, you know, really cooking, right? So and then we start off the set with one of my absolute favorite. Cooking groovy laid back low and slow tunes, which is back at the Chicken Shack. uh, An original blues by organist Jimmy Smith. The godfather of Jazz organ. Not the originator, but the godfather of it, because he really turned it on its ear and said, like, this is how you do it. Of course, you know, Count Basie and that's uh, Waller, all preceded Jimmy Smith, but Jimmy Smith truly made it groovy. So, and it features Jimmy Smith on the organ, Donald Bailey on the drums, the great Kenny Burrell on guitar, and on the tenor saxophone, the one, the only, Mr. T, Stanley Tarantine. And this was recorded for Blue Note Records on April 25th, fifth, 19- nineteen 1960, again, at Rudy's place, Rudy Van Gelder. And, um, yeah, man, talk about someone that Alfred Lyon loved, since we mentioned Alfred Lyon earlier. Alfred Lyon was so enamored with Jimmy Smith that he had mentioned to his wife, Ruth Lyon, at the time, that he was seriously considering... Selling Blue Note records and just going on the road as Jimmy Smith's tour manager. Because that's how much he loved Jimmy Smith and his playing and his grooviness. So, yeah, there's no doubt about how groovy Jimmy Smith is. And hopefully you dug that laid-back blues, too. And it comes from the album Back at the Chicken Shack. By the way, I didn't mention that. But, yeah, it comes from the album the same name. So... Um. Yeah, those are some groovy tunes, and hopefully you dug them too. So we're about halfway through the podcast. We've got um, two more sets coming at you. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much for listening. You are checking out Blue Note Barbecue Volume Four here on the Doctor Jazz Podcast. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: Ba do doo wee
0: The one, the only Donald Bird. That's right. That was Blackbird, written by Larry Mizell. off of the nineteen seventy-two album Blackbird by Donald Byrd for Blue Note Records, one of their top sellers for nineteen seventy-two. Actually is one of the top sellers in their entire catalog, believe it or not. So uh yeah let's see you have donald Byrd on trumpet flugelhorn electric trumpet and lead vocals you've got fonts mazel on trumpet background trumpet and vocals you've got roger glenn on this album on flute and sax the great joe sample on piano and electric piano fred perrin on electric piano synthesizers and vocals dean parks on guitar, Wilton Felder, on electric bass, and if Wilton Felder and Joe Sample doesn't strike a bell, that's the Crusaders, y'all. Yeah. Harvey Mason on drums from the Headhunters' fame. Bobby Porter Hall on percussion, um, Larry Mizell on vocals and all the arrangements, and then you also have David T. Walker on guitar, Chuck Rainey on electric bass and Stephanie Spruill on percussion so a lot of great things going on there Uh, George Butler, executive producer for this particular album, taking Blue Note in a little different direction, yeah it's just mm, grooved out bliss, I love it, I love it Before that, one of the biggest hits in all of jazz, and it happens to be on the Blue Note label. Even more importantly, recorded May 28, 1962, this was Herbie Hancock's first album for Blue Note Records. It's an album called Taken Off, and boy, did they, you know, title that correctly. Because Herbie Hancock is a living legend. He is an ambassador for the music. And it was nothing but up, onward and upward from this point. Um, Herbie Hancock on piano. Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet. Dexter Gordon on tenor saxophone. The great Butch Warren that I mentioned earlier. Again on the bass. And the wonderful Billy Higgins on drums. We heard Watermelon Man. Which was an instant hit and classic. Um, most notably by percussionist Mongo Santamaria who took it and made it a Latin tune and just absolutely blew it out of the water. What's interesting is that this was Herbie's first album for Blue Note Records and out of the six tracks, Watermelon Man, Three Bags Full, Empty Pockets, The Maze, Driftin', and the last track Alone and I, is that all six of these tracks are original compositions. Now that doesn't seem crazy now because Herbie Hancock's a household name and I mean the world knows who Herbie Hancock is, but keep this in mind chronologically speaking. This is before Herbie Hancock played with Miles. This is before Herbie Hancock created the Headhunters. This is before Herbie Hancock uh, was the legend that we know him to be so to take a chance on a kid and say yeah for Alfred to tell Herbie Hancock yeah why don't you just um, create six originals for your album you don't have to do a standard that's a whole hell of a lot of leeway and that's a lot of, of freedom. And Herbie took it responsibly. And both Driftin... I mean, the whole album's great. But Driftin and Watermelon Man are, are, are two tracks that really stick out. And he also got an all-star cast lineup to to make this album with him. With Dexter Gordon and Freddie Hubbard. Um, yeah, so Herbie really knocked it out of the water. Now, what's interesting is that these two artists that we just heard donald Byrd and herbie hancock are inextricably inextricably linked because they were roommates uh, in new york and the thing about it is is that herbie see donald Byrd had been recording for a while and donald bird also recorded for blue note records and he had also done other recording sessions like Pepper Adams and stuff like that, but he knew Alfred Lyon really well, and so herbie was very apprehensive about you know being a leader because you know so he asked Donald Bar- he says, "Donald, do you really think I'm ready for this?" I mean you know and and Donald says, "Yeah, you are you're ready to be a leader in your own right, you know, play him your songs and it was due to Donald Byrd's nudge, because I don't think, based on that story, I don't think that Herbie Hancock necessarily knew all that his worth to its fullest extent. And due to Donald Byrd's nudging him, because he was kind of like, he was a, a few years older than Herbie, so he kind of like a mentor, but like more like a big brother, not like a father figure. And thank God Donald Byrd nudged him to do so, because... It, it it started with this album taking off, and then it, it literally took off because just a few short years later, Herbie was playing with with Miles Davis, with Wayne Shorter, Ron Carter, and Tony Williams, and creating the second great quintet for Miles Davis, and then the Headhunters, and then well no then Wandishi, and then the Headhunters, and then. Um, he went on to experiment with even further with synthesizers and grooves and things like that and became the very first MTV video music award recipient for his video of rocket. And I believe 1982, 1983, something like that. So, and now he is, you know, the, the ambassador for, you know, the, um, international jazz day. So, and he, he basically started that, which is just wonderful. Um, and he is a living legend. So, yeah, that's that's something that was really cool that I wanted to point out and about how Donald Byrd and Herbie Hancock are linked together. Now, at the beginning of this set, we heard the wonderful, wonderful trombone stylings of Benny Green. Now, it's Benny, B-E-N-N-I-E. No Y. I-E. Um... And we heard Benny Green on the trombone, Gene Ammons, Billy Root both on tenor saxophone, uh, Elvin Jones on the drums, Ike Isaacs on the bass, and the one and only Sonny Clark again on the piano. We heard the Babs Gonzalez tune, Soul Stirring. And that was a ni- April 28, 1958 recording for the album of the same name. Soul Stirring by Benny Green on Blue Note Records as part of the Connoisseur series for Blue Note and um, yeah we got to hear um, Babs Gonzalez and Benny Green go and it's just so soulful I love it this is one of my favorite tracks to just kind of play because it cooks for almost seven minutes you know what I mean and it's just got soul I know this is not the first time that I've played that track on a podcast for the Dr. Jazz podcast but I do I just love it and hopefully you dig it too uh, especially if you're just listening to it for the very first time so there you go um, again you can find the Dodge Jazz podcast wherever you find your podcast whether that's iTunes or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts TuneIn, Podbean, whatever we're there so please spread the the love and the message, and uh, if you know someone who would like this music, we would really appreciate it. And if you're looking for all the info on tracks, don't forget to check, check out our website. All of that information is there with the album artist, the track title name, and the album artwork in the order in which we play them on the podcast. So that way, you know exactly what you're listening for. If you find a track that you love, then you know what album to go in search of. In the famous words of Leonard Nimoy, and you can go and hopefully if you have a local record store support them if not you know exactly what to order and you can click contact at the top of our website page if you'd like to write to us we'd love to hear from our listeners uh to let us know that there are people out there who really dig it um if you have time to leave a, a positive review on the apple podcasts uh page we would certainly love it uh, we're so close to a 5.0 perfect rating and uh, we do appreciate all of you out there who are who have recently left reviews thank you thank you thank you so much we do appreciate that uh, because we're just trying to put goodwill out there in the world so you know hopefully y'all recognize that and you dig the music so if you want to visit our website it's dr. jazz podcast D R J A podcast dot WordPress. Dot com, and we look forward to hearing from you so enough talking from me we got one more set of music for you it's going to be absolutely stupendous so do not go anywhere make sure that all of your cooking no matter what it is rests for the the appropriate amount of time whether you're cooking a steak a beef brisket whatever chicken make sure that it's resting so that all those juicy parts get into your cooking and let's get to the last set here on the dr jazz podcast a set featuring some absolutely fantastic drumming. Man, talk about some drum masters. So the very first track that we heard in that last set was Los Malos Hombres, The Bad Dudes. And that was an original tune written by the great pianist and arranger Duke Pearson. And it comes off Duke Pearson's album for Blue Note Records, The Right Touch. And that was recorded September 13, 1967, and released in 1968. Features Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet, Garnet Brown on the trombone, James Spalding on the alto sax, Jerry Dodgen on the alto sax and flute, the great Stanley Turrentine again on the tenor saxophone, Duke Pearson on piano, Gene Taylor on the bass, and the one and only Grady Tate on the drums killing it great album stupendous lineup can't go wrong can't go wrong with that album the right touch on blue note records after that we heard fat lip which is the closing track of the 1990 album time on my hands by guitar great and jazz legend john schofield and it features John Schofield on guitar, the one and only Joe Lovano on the tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on the bass, and Jack Dijonette on the drums. And of course, Jack is killing it on this track, and Lovano and Schofield are completely simpatico, uh, as they always are when they play together. Their, their quartet albums for Blue Note are truly some of the greatest um, albums that I've ever heard. Um, and the simpatico and the empathy that they have musically with each other, it's kind of like that thing with Diz and Bird. It's like they can complete each other's musical sentences. They're the other half of each other's musical heartbeats. So, yeah. <clears throat> and then you add Charlie and Jack to it, and oh my God, it's heaven. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, this is one of my all-time favorite Schofield albums, Time On My Hands, from 1990. And it's got Wabash 3, let's say we did, So Sue Me, Be Here Now, Fat Lip. I mean, so many great, great, great tracks that are just, I think we'll stand the test of time forever. So, And then we ended with one of the best tracks that you can end with in all of the entire Blue Note catalog the arrangement of A Night in Tunisia from the 1960 album by the same name, A Night Tunisia by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers featuring the one and only Art Blakey on drums with a huge drum solo which absolutely sounded fantastic Jimmy Merritt on the bass, the great Bobby Timmons on the piano Wayne Shorter on the tenor saxophone and Lee Morgan on the trumpet killer long drum solo beautiful cadenzas at the end by both lee morgan and wayne shorter and you, you just you don't find endings like that anymore and they just took their time and it was soulful and it was beautiful so yeah there you have it so that's the end of the podcast hopefully you've enjoyed this summer series of the blue note barbecue one two three and four uh hopefully it's given you a lot of great groovy music to cook to groove by uh again thank you all so much for listening um and letting us be a part of your day or your evening or your cooking experience just being a part of your life in your ears so uh without you we're nothing and then the famous words of duke ellington you are very beautiful you are very gracious and we do love you madly so don't forget to check out the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast. We would love to hear from you uh, if you got the time to write. Uh, and please check out some of these other great podcasts that we have to offer. So until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now because in jazz, we trust.